Jeff Needs Sports is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for my listeners today. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code JHUNT. That's capital J-H-U-N-T at manscaped.com. What is up, everyone? We're here. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to uh, Jeff D Sports. It's the Buckeye Remix, and uh, this is this is a great one. Uh, it's, we're going to do the spring game. Uh, we're going to talk about just all all the unknowns and all the what ifs. And I've got two of the best in the business with me today. I've got Jay Stevens from the Jay Stevens Podcast, um, Locked On Buckeyes. Um, I don't know, president of the universe, a little, little bit of everything. How are you, Jay? I'm good, man. How are you guys doing today? Great. And we got Mo Murphy from Up in Flames, uh, fellow vice president off the ball network with us. What's up, Mo? What's going on, bro? Definitely excited, man. Get to talk Buckeyes with two Buckeye experts. This is exciting. Yeah, I don't deserve this. I'm not gonna lie. This is I'm 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 at I'm at mid-season form right now. It doesn't it doesn't get better than this to have you two gentlemen on here. So uh, yeah, yeah, you guys uh, were nice enough to help me, you know, come in today and talk about. Uh, I'm so a little background. I live in Ohio. I've been to the spring game, you know, a dozen times in my life. It's it's hard to explain, you know, what kind of event it is if you're not a big time college football fan or insane, you know, high state Buckeye fan, but it's a big deal. The spring game just kind of the weather's starting to come around. You know, it kicks off our season, gets the juices flowing. We get to see the guys running around in the uniforms. Uh, you know, we get to see some new faces. We didn't have one last year, which is a big deal. So yesterday was a perfect day in Ohio. Yeah, the guys got to go out there and play. No tackling or anything like that. But still it's a uh, it just gets things going and kind of breaks up that uh that dark time between the end of the season. So pretty excited. A high state spring game's a big one this year because obviously they're coming off the national championship uh runner up. Uh, they lose one of the best, I think, the best quarterbacks ever played there. Unarguably, one of the best players in high state history, Justin Fields. Um, but we've uh, we've heard for uh, I don't know what are we up to now? Ten years of these recruiting classes, recruiting classes, recruiting classes. But you don't know anything, and this is weird. So <laughs> we've got I think right now Buckeyes are somewhere in the top, we'll say five going into next season, and. We don't have a quarterback on the roster that's throwing a pass, so it's a very unique situation in college football. Uh, and we know, you know, that's that's the nature of the beast, but that's an odd thing. So, um, so anyway, that that's kind of just setting up the spring game, what people were were looking at. So, first of all, we'll start off with um, your guys is just just your knee jerk reactions, as I like to call them on here. You watched the game, you thought this, uh, Jay. What did you think? It was nice to see the guys out there playing football again. Um, we've seen clips and pictures from practice um, none of us I don't believe have ever have been out to practice this year at all so just seeing the boys out there at, at practice it was a good sign fans out there was good uh, 19,180 I know that was the expected capacity I don't know if they actually sold every single ticket oh, I'm, Everybody sure answered. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure they did too um, but yeah no, it was nice, nice to see the guys out there playing again um, you saw some bumps you saw some hiccups you saw some drop balls 
saw some, saw an interception, saw a fumble. Um, you saw things that were expected in a practice. This is a practice, so you do expect players to really just have ramped up and get ramped up and make those mistakes now in April so that come the fall, you know, making those same mistakes. But one last thing I did notice, I don't know if you two guys did, these guys look bigger. They look healthier than they did last year at the beginning of the season. As far as size-wise, bulk-wise, yes. they look like legit football players. I did notice uh, more size on uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, more size on some linebackers. Um, you have young men like Jack Sawyer and Trevion Henderson who look the part. They look like college football players right now. Now, I understand that they're top-tier talent as far as what they came in as recruit. But a lot of guys in high school, they have to bulk up to be a certain weight in college. I heard Rashad Bateman at Minnesota. Um, uh, P.J. Fleck was talking about him and said Rashad Bateman had to put on weight once he got to Minnesota to bulk up against college football-ready size. Ohio State guys, many of them look like they're healthier in better football shape right now in April than they did last year in, eight, last year in the fall. I think it's a testament to just really having – consistent workouts every single day for 14 days Finally. and um knowing that your workout routine your offseason routine actually is working and you're not having to start stop start stop etc etc so nice to see them out there playing and then also it was just enjoyable to see the size and how healthy these young men looked yesterday in the shoe uh, yeah yeah that's a good point what'd you think mo yeah i mean basically i've seen everything that jay's seen like that's but I don't know, like, and, and I think this will start another conversation, but uh, my biggest thing that I've seen from the Ohio State Buckeyes is that there's going to be a few teams that prosper off of some of our talent. I think we're too loaded at certain positions <laughs> yeah. that I think after okay. this season, you're going to see a few of our players in the transfer portal. We're young at almost every position. We had what? The, the main position group I really talk about is either running back or wide receiver. We're what we have what six different running backs in the running back room. We have what we had like nine different receivers catch passes yesterday, and that's not even counting some of the ones that had uh, passes thrown their way and dropped it. So I think there's going to be certain teams that prosper off of some of the talent that we have. I'm okay with that because I look at it. If you have to transfer, you're not getting the playing time. You just weren't good enough to play here. You know, go ball out somewhere else. I'm okay with that, but. I think the transfer portal is going to be very deep of Ohio State players in the next year or two because quarterback, you know, obviously two of them. One of them is a true freshman. The other two are red shirt freshmen with the extra year of eligibility. I think the the winner of that battle out of C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller, I think the opposite, you know, the other one will transfer. So that's something I'm looking at is who's going to win these starting jobs, who's going to stick it out, and who's going to really get all that playing time this year with all the top recruits eventually these guys fall into place by, by the regular season. And then they're going to be looking at transfer, and they're going to be looking at leaving. And the two main positions I see that as a high possibility is running back and wide receiver because we're just too deep. Like, we're honestly too deep in those two positions. Let's just bleed right into it, Jay. We touched on it before the show. Uh, let's just do some off-the-wall predictions here um, uh, of who you think's transferring. And let's not forget, somebody's transferring in, too. And we don't know who that person is, but mm -hmm. it's silly to think that we're not going to grab somebody. I don't – you know, maybe it's a linebacker. It's, it's going to be on defense, I think. I cannot see where we could transfer somebody in on offense unless they were really – I guess Sermon did it last year. It took risk and it paid off for him. But uh, 
Jay, uh, who do you, who's on your transfer board that you're either concerned about or sure about? We talked a little bit about the running backs, and we'll kind of go through your theories on that real quick without trying to ruin your whole show this week. <laughs> so I'll go running back, I'll go old line, and I'll go maybe defense. But I'm gonna if I if I don't get the defense, that's fine because that, no, that free safety position is loaded. Um, unless you move like a Ronnie Hickman to the bullet and have a smaller bullet there, um, then you're gonna have guys like you got Josh Proctor, Ronnie Hickman, uh, you got Lathan Ransom, and then you got Marcus Hooker who is suspended, might get cut. But you got four guys here that are vying for that yeah. one spot, that single high safety look that Ohio State's going to have. But running that position, Jeff, I talked about this recently. Mo, I don't know if you've heard uh, any of me talk. I don't really tweet about this one at all. But still, Chambers might be gone, bro. Um, he is – I talked to Jeff about this. So if you think about it this way, I, project, I projected my depth chart for what I think the game one will be in the fall. I had Master Teague starter. I don't think he's the best running back on the team, but I think he'll start game one. I got Mayan Williams, RB2. I got Marcus Crawley, RB3. Then you got Chambers, Henderson, and Pryor. Somebody's gone. Unless Chambers wants to wait until next year, I don't think he'll start next year. He might be in rotation. I don't know if he'll start at all at Ohio State at running back. If he wants to go to the defensive side of the ball, you're behind the eight ball because that bullet position might be ideal for you, but you're already getting other guys like Craig Young that are getting the workout there at that position that you're not getting right now. I like Still Chambers. I know he has a fumbling issue. I know he has some issues there on the football field, but Still Chambers might be one that is gone Another one, it's a local kid for me here in Indianapolis, Dewan Jones on offense. Unless he cuts like 30, 40 pounds, he's not moving from outside, from left tackle down to guard like Paris Johnson Jr. did. Paris Johnson Jr. is also a guy that many people are saying might win the Outland Trophy for the best offensive lineman in the country at some point while he's at Ohio State. Dewan Jones might be just waiting his time saying, if I can play at Ohio State, I can play anywhere. So, I Mufford. Petit Freer, they're gone after this season. So Dewan Jones might just say, I'll wait till next year to become a starter. Okay, so be it. But then your defense, like I said, that, that free safety spot, it's very interesting. And then if you go to D end, you got Noah Potter, Jack Sawyer, um, uh, uh, Javante Jean-Baptiste, Tyler Friday, Zach Harrison, and then uh, Tyreek Smith. You got six guys. Six guys at a time where you're going to get four of them on the field at one time in that rushman package. Who it's is going to be left out? Way. Yeah, so who's going to be who's going to be left out? The luxury for Ohio State is going from a four three to potential to a four two five. Your role as a D lineman really doesn't change. It's the ability for you to get on the field that's going to be scary. Somebody, one of the older guys there, will probably leave. I don't think Sawyer will leave. I don't think Noah Potter will leave. They're two youngsters, but one of the four other guys that I mentioned might leave, and it's not because they're not good enough. It's, well, they're they're not good enough, but it's because they're it's the, the, the talent is just so loaded that you might have to leave to go somewhere else to get playing time, or you just won't start at Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's crazy because you know these guys. We have to be honest. We're we're talking. I honestly, anybody on the the two deep on Ohio State has a chance to go to the NFL. That's a realistic thing, and that and that goes for Alabama, any of these major programs. So you know, it's one of those. You know that if you if you stick around and even get one season in at DN for Ohio State, you get, you're there's a good chance you're going to get drafted. If you can start a DN for Ohio State, you're going to get a look. So I think sometimes these guys are like, okay, I'll wait it out. Maybe I'm not going to play as much, but I'm going to get a shot. I mean, we saw some guys jump up, jump out of nowhere last year and become you know stars 
that, that maybe could have a great career at another school, but don't but don't get the look. So that always factors in. You know, that's that's a personal thing for them. So so Mo, who do you uh, who, who do you think's going um, or coming in? I mean, if you, I, I agree. I, I agree with everything Jay said. Like I said, oh, yeah, there's Jay's so many. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> but there's so many positions that we're deep at. Like, and that's like I said, that's what I noticed yesterday. Is like we're very deep. You hear a lot of different names at different positions. Um, I think, but I look at quarterback and I look at wide receiver. The reason I look at quarterback, uh, C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller are both redshirt freshmen. Then we have a true freshman in Kyle McCord. Then we have the number one quarterback in the country coming in next year out of the state of Texas. I don't remember his name, so I don't want to say it wrong, but we have him coming in also. So here's the things to look at. If CJ, I think this the winner of the quarterback battle out of CJ Stroud and Jack Miller, I think the opposite leaves, like I said earlier. I just don't see a way that a Jack Miller would stay around if he loses the starting job to CJ Stroud and CJ Stroud maintains the starting job all year. Obviously that means he's producing because I'm sure Ryan Day's cut from the same cloth as Urban Meyer. He wants to win games. In an ugly game with like very to little production from the quarterback could get you you're on notice this week, com- coming into next week. And if it's the same thing, we'll pull you because we do have some talent. We just have guys that haven't thrown a pass. But you look at C.J. Stroud. He was one of the top dual-threat quarterbacks. Jack Miller was one of the top pocket quarterbacks coming out of high school. Like I said, Kyle McCord. But then you do have to look on to the future. And we have the number one quarterback in the country coming on the next season. And then yeah. at wide receiver, I think the main player I'm looking at this year is Julian Fleming. Him and Jamison Williams are the two wide receivers that I'm looking at that would possibly transfer. Jamison Williams, because he, I think he's a junior, he has, after this year, because of the year eligibility, he has one more year of eligibility. And then Julian Fleming, who was a five-star wide receiver, the number one wide receiver in the country from last year's class. And there doesn't seem like room for playing time for him this year anymore because you have Jackson Smith and the Jigba who – he, he's going to do what he did last year, obviously, but for 10 to 11 games, 10, 11, 12 games this year, you have Garrett Wilson who returned. You have Chris Olave who returned. So I think that puts him at the same point of the depth chart. But then we have the number one wide receiver that came in this year. We, we had, you know, from last year's class, we had four of the top 10 wide receivers that came in. And I just I see Julian Fleming leaving because I don't see him getting put in a position where unless he just ultimately got better, then you got Marvin Harrison Jr. who came in, who looked really good yesterday. And it's just in his bloodline to be great at wide receiver. He's been getting a lot of talk during spring practice. He was one of the first freshmen to get his uh, black stripe removed, which obviously, you know, with that being a tradition, that's a big deal. Because like they said, most most of these guys don't get their black stripe removed till like the first, you know, week or two of fall practice. So for six, seven freshmen, you know, to get your black stripe removed in the spring game, that means, you know, a lot. You know, that goes to tell how talented you are, how good you really are. So I just see us being so loaded. I think the best guy from the best guy from last year's class, I think, is Julian Fleming. I think he transfers because we keep bringing in wide receiver. We keep bringing in a focal point in our recruiting as if that's a position we're lacking at and we're not. I think we just want to continue those problems of, if we're too loaded, so what? Guys transfer, but we're always set at that position. So I think Julian Fleming and Jamison Williams would be guys that I would be looking at that might transfer after this year also. Hey, Jeff, can I, I say I, one thing about uh, Julian absolutely. Fleming really quick? So with Julian Fleming, I think I read that he had a shoulder injury. Um, and I 
take go back to the Joe Burrow situation at Ohio State. Um, Joe Burrow had a hand injury that year when he was battling with Dwayne Haskins for the starting role. Ultimately, Haskins won, barely, barely won that battle. And then Joe Burrow went off to LSU. We all know what, what he did. It could be the same thing here for Julian Fleming. If he was if he's recovering from an, a shoulder injury, and we see guys like Emeka Igbuka, Marvin Harrison Jr. have only been on campus since January, and they're doing what their route running looks like this right now in April. He may be behind the eight ball only due to an injury. And Mo, you might be right. It could be a transfer situation like that. But, dude, you're right. Like, Jamison Williams and Julian Fleming, like, these guys are talented. Like, they're going to go – they can go anywhere in the country and probably start right immediately. Oh, yeah. Go right in, learn the offense, and be good. All you got to do is get the chemistry with the uh, with the the coaches so the coaches know, like, what you're thinking, what they're thinking, with the quarterback so you guys are always on the same page. But it could just seriously be a situation where an injury derails somebody from getting playing time, not because they're not good enough, but because they're not recovering quick enough and the youngsters that you mentioned are coming in and they're balling out. Yeah, yeah I think I think what was pretty this that's why the spring game's so big. When you have these early enrollees, I talked about it yesterday. It's huge for, you know, Harrison and Sawyer and them guys to get on the field. Um, you know, they look like veteran college football players in april of their senior year essentially it's crazy harrison i think the writing's on the wall how good he is the other thing i think that could happen if we're going for if everything goes as we hope is that this could be a situation to where olave and wilson we're hoping that we don't need them most third quarters of every game if we're being honest those guys are set they're going to the nfl draft they're going to make a they don't they don't need to put up big stats this year to prove what they're worth so there's the chance that they don't play as much as they may have you know last year because they just don't have to which is going to open up yards you know for these other guys you know your second half yards at ohio state in this offense you can put up a 700 yard season uh, that's the only thing sometimes, you know, you might be able to keep a guy to where a lobby is like, nah, I'm just going to take the second half off. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. And let's hope that we don't need them in the fourth quarter of every game because then we're in big trouble. If we got Garrett Wilson in the fourth quarter, you know, against most Big Ten teams, then the season's probably not going how we thought. Uh, I'm really – my biggest thing is I'm really, uh, really curious to see position changes. Jay, you touched on – what we've touched on for it seems like six months now. This, we got to rearrange this defense. We got to update. Uh, you saw as soon as they came out, they're against their own offense. But High State runs a typical college offense. You saw as soon as they come out, you've got to you've got to have five, five, six defensive backs on the field. The first snap of the first down of every game, this three linebacker stuff just doesn't work anymore. So I'm really curious to see. Proctor's the guy I've got my eye on. I really think that he could be if he puts on. You know, we talk about the workout routines and stuff like that. If this guy bulks up a little bit, a la Darren Lee, like we talked about, he could be a real difference maker, you know, coming down into the box in that, you know, I tell everybody, go back and look at the Super Bowl, what Tampa Bay did. Simple, simple defense, but you have guys that are versatile. And I think Proctor could be that guy. That's a guy I got my eye on. And then, of course, we talked about, we don't even know, we might not even know who a, a starter is because he's out with a ankle or a shoulder or he's dinged up or something now but i think the position changes i'm really 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 gonna really gonna watch that so let's go ahead and we'll talk about our biggest concerns and then we'll we'll talk about the question of the day we'll talk about qb1 here in a minute because that that's the i mean that's a nationwide question so just just watching the game you know we kind of touched on some of our concerns mine is still linebacker 
Um, you know, Jay, we talked about these guys can't hit, so we really don't get to judge linebackers at all. I mean, they're in space. You, you can't you can't judge a middle linebacker off how he covers in Jigba in space. That's impossible. <laughs> so, by the way, Jigba looked great. Uh, the the body types, you know, perfect. I really think he is going to be a problem. Um, I liked him last year, and, I, and this year it's. I, I think he's going to be awesome. But so my biggest concern is just, do we have the linebackers that we need. That was a hole. It's been a hole in the defense for years. Um, and I, I don't know that I saw the answer out there. So going into the next season, that, that my focal point is on the center of the field. You know, the linebackers that are in the box, uh, who's covering especially. So, And I think I still have those concerns. Did you guys see anything out of the linebacker position that I didn't yesterday? Mo, go ahead. You can go first. I mean, no, I see exactly what you're saying. That's always a position that's a cause for concern. So, and then to know that we lost four starters, whether we value them, you know, four senior starters, whether we thought they were the greatest group last year or not, you know, is up for debate. I didn't think they were that great of linebackers, but a couple of them have some decent grades coming into the draft. Which is crazy. I, would, I could, We could do a whole show on. Yeah, they, they have some Aaron decent Brown grades. in the draft boards. Yeah, you yeah know, but, good for you them. know. I think I think linebackers concern, and I think it's like tough to say it as an Ohio State fan, but I think defensive back, I think cornerback, is a cause for concern. And the reason I say that we've been so spoiled and being basically considered a DBU in competition with LSU and Florida and Alabama for having Absolutely. the best DBs in the country. And last year, you look at us. Sean Wade was supposed to be, you know, the the. First round corner, he played terrible. Seven Banks was supposed to be like really, really good. Uh, he looks like an Eli Apple to me, but even more raw than Eli Apple was coming out of college. And then I look at yesterday, our receivers had huge games for a spring game. Is it that our receivers are that great? And that's what we should expect to see from them all year against these other teams? Or is it a mix of we know how good our receivers are, but there's a lack of talent over there at the cornerback position because our part is I don't want to say a spring game fully matters, but I look at the matchups and it's like, yes, we have some of the best receivers in the country. We arguably have the best wide receiver room in the country. And you might not the way it looks this year, Ohio State's not going to face one that good. But ultimately, if if you're not getting better guarding these guys playing against Olave, Garrett Wilson, Fleming, Najigba, like we just go down the list of names of wide receivers we have. If you're not getting better there and you're really struggling, there's going to be some other teams that have some big play wide receivers that could ultimately kill you. And I hate to say it because we've been spoiled for to be great at cornerback position for so long that cornerback is another real concern for me. Last year and I think into this year, um, it's still a cause for concern. Hopefully they can step up and play great I, this year. I think Seven Banks will will take that next step. There was He had signs last year that he can be a really good corner um i like the size I, I can't remember his name jay who got the who got the interception yesterday kind of a tall oh watts yeah yeah just i like the the size and the body type i mean that's a and, big yeah, corner and, and, yeah Mo mentioned, Mo mentioned that yesterday yeah i yeah, mentioned him when he got the interception i'm like bro that is a big corner and of course we gotta you know we gotta all remember without a pass rush because you can't hit anybody a pass rush is going to be this this defensive backfield's best friend this year Again. you can't really do that yesterday so that you know your coverage it's almost you're not going to cover a high state's receiver without a pass rush so but um go ahead jay i know you i know you got thoughts on the defensive back position uh I, what's going to happen man 
So I just looked up Brian Watts and his uh, his how tall and how big he is. He's 6'3", 203 pound, and he's a corner as a redshirt freshman, which means that's our hybrid. He'll, pro- right he'll, probably, right, he'll probably get up to 210, 6'3", 210 mm-hmm. playing corner. Dude, yeah. move him to safety. Like, that's, that's yep. easy. Hybrid, bro, right there. He's our, he's our, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, that's our guy, Jay. That's the guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I that's really a big so. In, so two, big, in two my, years, I see that. My biggest concern, and it goes back to what concern I had last year that never got fixed. It goes once again <laughs> to Kerry Coombs. So this game for him is ideal for him only focusing on the defense this year. I have questions at defensive back, but seven banks is hurt. I believe he'll be healthy and take a step in the next direction. Um, probably played better than Sean Wade did last year at that, that outside said. corner. Yeah, he wants <laughs> he to be on an island. Yeah, he wants to be on an island, and I think Sean Wade even knows I'm better in space inside the box. So yep. I think Seven Banks will be better. I think the safety position will be good. I think they'll work out the kinks of the hybrid position, whoever that is. I think game one, game two, we'll see different variations of it, which I hate early in the season because Oregon week two, if you make one wrong move, you'll lose. And I've already said I think Ohio State will lose a game this year. I don't know who it's against. It could be that it could be that game against Oregon. But Kerry Coombs has to figure out what you're doing on defense. We can talk all day long about the offense, about the quarterbacks, how the wide receivers were always open. That's a problem. That's a problem when you're thinking about how a defense is supposed to stop the opposing offense. <laughs> I don't care for the scrimmage. I don't care for Ohio State guys. Jeff, you know, and Mo, you know, I'm always going to be honest and not be biased in my analysis. That was a problem yesterday. And it wasn't just the LBs. It wasn't just the corners. I don't know who the leader is in the secondary or in the linebacker room. I don't think they know who the leader is. If you're trying to ask them to vote for a captain right now, I think you'll get a mixed room or mixed vote saying, I think it should be that guy. I think it should be this guy. That's my issue. I know and I understand how 425 or 335 or some hybrid should have been done when Urban was here. Maybe Jeff going back and Mo going back to Trestle, 06, 07, 08. You saw Rich Rod run that 335 and almost get to a BCS National Championship game in the late 2000s. Now you're going back. It's, two, it's 2021, and you're finally <laughs> coming to the times and updating your team and your defense. I think Coombs right now, I'm not saying he's under fire. I'm not saying he's on a hot seat to, to get fired. I, I, think think Ryan, I think Ryan Day needs to have an honest conversation. I don't like calling for somebody's job, which is why I go for that route. I'm not calling for it. I just I think realistically, I, there, I, I, he's, he's, he's going to be watched closely. Is that a, is that a softer way to put it? <laughs> but he's been, the Very, reason, he's been the reason we've gotten some recruits too, though. Like in a realistic sense, there were some recruits that flipped and came to Ohio State because of him, and, and it's more so at the DB position. So I don't get, you know, he's like a DB guru. So I don't get why we were so bad last year. But we have, like, we do have this. You got to update your defense and stuff. But we've been able to flip recruits to come to Ohio State, That's true. and we but, were going to lose him. What was it? Two years ago, we he thought about leaving, and there were some recruits that weren't going to come to Ohio State. He ended up ultimately staying. They stayed, and we had a few who were on the limbo trying to see what he was going to do, flip and make their decision to go to Ohio State. So I do say, like, he has some kind of juice, at least in the recruiting world, that it'd be it'd be a true tough look to say, you know what, well, our defense isn't performing like that, but you brought in all these recruits, and especially if you're, you know, you start seeing, like, you're calling for his job, and some of these incoming freshmen from, uh, you know, these seniors in high school start, as they start picking whether they want to go to Ohio State or not, and their biggest concern, because they be honest nowadays is, well, you know, I'm going to wait until y'all make a decision on, you know, Kerry Combs. And then it's like, 
We got to keep them or we're going to lose some of these recruits. But what I would push back is after last year, some of that juice is gone. And if you on def, defense is more of a scheme, like I watch a team like Indiana, what they did on defense last year, they looked much better on defense. Northwestern looks good on defense because of scheme. The problem with, that we're having at Ohio State is if, if these guys are really fast, but they're running in the wrong direction, it's not doing us any good. That That's the issue. And yet, and so maybe if they turn that around this year, then everything comes together. We, we you know we're still getting the top cornerbacks, and they're they're showing out, and they're going. You know, it's it, with defensive back. It's if how where you're getting, where Sean Wade gets drafted this year will do more for our recruiting than probably anything else that could happen. If if they find a way to get that guy to move up the board and get him into the third round, pushing the second round, then the recruits are like, I'm in. All, all I got to do is start for high state and I'm going to the show. <laughs> but if not, then they're going to be like, whoa, they took a guy like Wade and made him by playing. He got worse. Then that's, that's scary. So I think I'm, I'm really concerned. I'm a, when it comes to defense, I'm a, I'm a scheme guy. And I the really, it just that we don't conf, we're not confusing the other quarterback is my issue. That's, you know, we, we blame the defensive backs and stuff, but they know where everybody's going. We're not confusing them. And that's the biggest issue as opposed to we play these teams that, you know, even Fields was flustered in a few games because of defensive scheme. And, and their player, we know the players on the other side aren't high state level, but when they play as a unit, they are. So I think that that's without a doubt uh, my biggest concern. So, Jay, I'll let you continue with what, what, what you think the answer, what you think the answers are. We talked about it a little bit, but uh, it sounds like we're all on the same page here. <laughs> a little nervous about pass defense. Am I right? So in answer to the pass defense in that situation there, um, it's a couple things. One, you got to have an honest conversation with yourself in the mirror. Like nobody else aside, um, you, yourself, honest conversation, am I doing my job? Jeff, it's a simple thing. You being a host of a show, Mo, you as well, myself. If we're doing a bad job as being a host, we know it in the moment. We also may try to fix it in the moment as well. And when I try to fix it, I can feel myself stuttering and my thoughts getting jumbled up. But once I get over that hurdle, the obstacle, things are A-OK. We're back smooth sailing. Same thing right now. I don't doubt that Ohio State has the talent to be really good this year. I don't doubt that the coaching staff is not good enough to coach these guys up to be really good this year. But you got to have an honest conversation with yourself. The same conversations that athletes have, coaches need to have those same things. And then I think Ryan Day, Jeff, to your point, man, you to have a, a sit-down conversation like, Come to, G- come to Jesus meeting, maybe you'll be like, hey, man, uh, this is not recorded. This is grown man talk. Um, we, you got to fix something here because our defense right now, last year we had you doing double duty, DBs and defense didn't work out. So this year we got you going just to defense. It might not work out. So should we have you go back to your DB spot only? I think that might be ideal. The answer is yeah. Maybe, Jeff, that year when he was in Tennessee, coming back to Ohio State, maybe that – Pro to college, that transition going back is not something he's made. He's been able to get smooth sailing just yet. I don't know. I'm not saying it is or it isn't, but you got to have an honest conversation with yourself. And then lastly, but for the defense, defense as a whole, these guys have to be comfortable making mistakes and not letting them be what motivates them or what pushes them throughout the rest of the year. Um, last thing about Jack Miller on the opening drive, I think it was the opening drive through the interception to Ryan Watts. He wasn't the same after that. And we saw that early on in that game. Mentally, he, not physically, mentally, he was not the same. I, I thought that after, really jumped out. After he threw the interception. 
On defense, it's going to be the same thing. You guys talk about a receiver that Big Ten may not see. You go to Purdue, David Bell. I was privileged to watch him play as a freshman in high school. He killed it. I mean, he walked on the fields like, who is this guy? He catches the ball. He Whatever rock you have him do, he'll catch the ball. Um, he has good grades. Uh, in a bad part of town. But he always is ahead and shoulders above everybody else on the team, in the classroom, and on the field. David Bell, I think Ohio State plays Purdue this year. I want to say. Yeah, they yeah, sure. November 13th in Columbus. Luckily, luckily, it's at home later part of the season. But David Bell will run, a, will have a field day against yes. these guys if they can't figure out their coverage. The luxury, the good thing, Seven Banks played last year. Josh Proctor played last year. And unless they get injured, I believe they'll be Seven Banks guarding David Bell and Josh Proctor probably like a spy on David Bell because one guy cannot stop David Bell. Um, Kind of those, those honest conversations in – just really being like, we got to fix this stuff now and be comfortable making mistakes early, not late. Yeah, no, that, that's a great point. And I really, really, to touch on that, Jay, we, we won't talk about last year too much, but th- this is relevant that you brought this up. And once again, I <laughs> thank you for coming over for your insight. Um, so that's, and I think we saw that a lot in Sean Wade last year. You could almost feel that he was thinking about what. It wasn't thinking about the future, but that weighed on him. Like every mistake was compounded by expectations and his expe- expectations in himself. And it seemed like it just and he could never get out of it. Uh, you know, if he, he that did that Indiana game, you know, when those receivers started running wild, really shook that secondary. And they rallied and went to the national championship. You know, against Clemson, when they played free and it felt like more relaxed, they, it was the best game they played all year. Uh, you know, Alabama, there's really nothing they could do. That was They didn't have the scheme, the manpower, zilch. But when they play tight in these Big Ten games, you could really see a way on them. And I think Seven Banks, as the year went on, was able to overcome some of that, like you're talking mm-hmm. about, Jay. And he would look terrible, and everybody's, ah, this guy's awful. But he played some really good games, you know, late in the year. He's he's a little better than I than I think I thought he was when I when I go back and look at these games. And, that, and so you're exactly right, especially when we say a young team, this is a young age team. The stars are young, and it's, that's how it is. That's college football when you're good. And it's young as experience. Um, you know, you know, Sevens had snaps, but still, you know, just a season. You know, Proctor's in and out, but, he's you know, he's been game tested. Linebackers have no experience. And so it, it, to, to what you say, that I guess that's my overall biggest concern and we'll talk about – we'll get into the quarterbacks right now, is how do you handle – Fields last year, the key to the season was things weren't going perfect because of so many different reasons. But he was able to go, okay, I can I can muster up what we need to get through this game and move on to next week. And that's what you're talking about, Jay. Can these guys do that? And you say – I mean, Miller looked shook after an interception to his teammate. Uh, that really, that really did shake me. I mean, he, he should have even blinked at that. But right. it's a real thing, and and we're not going to put too much into that. So as we talk about quarterbacks here, but that, I just want to point out those are great observations from you. So let's go ahead and get into it. This question that's on the country's mind. We'll spend a few minutes, uh, guys. Who's QB one right now as we speak going into next season? Who do we think is QB one? Mo, you look like you got it on tip of your tongue, buddy. Well, because I feel like I mean I feel like we'll all come to the same conclusion unless. You know, but this is when you put three different minds, watch the game, we read it three different ways. I got C.J. Stroud. Uh, they said coming into spring he was the front runner anyway. Like it was 
they didn't want to put like it was his spot to lose, but I was reading a lot that it's he was the front runner. He was expected to be the starter. It seemed like at the end of the season or in the offseason, Fields kind of handed the keys to C.J. Stroud anyway. So it seemed like at least within former players who were heading to the NFL this year and some of the players, the expectation was that C.J. Stroud would be the starting quarterback. And he showed no signs of why he shouldn't be. Like you said, you know, Jack Miller threw that pick. And he was shook after that. Like, and he was, he had a great drive. They were about to score a touchdown. And then he threw that pick and it just, he wasn't the same after that. Kyle McCord to me looks like QB two. Like it was CJ Stroud to me with McCord right behind, right behind him. You don't factor, you know, McCord to me, he's a true freshman, but so are CJ Stroud and Jack Miller in a sense. They, they haven't thrown a college pass. They both have had like two rushing attempts a piece. So they're they're just as raw as any true freshman. But I think it's C.J. Stroud, 11 for 15, like 170 yards, two touchdowns. He almost looked flawless. Everything was pretty much on target. He had one pass where he overthrew, escaping out the pocket. But pretty much everything else was on target. And he just he looked like that Justin Fields like. I don't want to put him – because like you said, I think Justin Fields is the best quarterback that's ever rolled through Ohio State. So I don't want to put that kind of expectation – but you look at how he was moving in the pocket, and I think he would have been even more effective if there was live tackling because you would have been able to see his escaping ability and how he can run in an open field. But once they got out that pocket and, you know, ran two to three yards, there was no showing off your elusiveness. There wasn't, you know, you knew you weren't getting hit. You were just touching the quarterback. But I like a lot what I see because he avoided a lot of sacks, even in like a touch sack game whereas if they touch the quarterback the play's over he avoided a lot of sacks i say that with jack sawyer having like four sacks on the game (laughs) you know the next boza but um so i think it's cj stroud he just looked really good i think he's the most athletic out of the three now jack miller has some underrated like mobility you won't notice until you see him like that he can actually move out the pocket. So can C.J. Stroud. So does Kyle McCord. I just think it has to go C.J. Stroud. Off the performance that I seen yesterday, I just don't know if Jack Miller is that guy. Yeah, that's that's all we can do is judge by what we saw yesterday. Yeah. And before I turn Jay loose here, uh, <laughs> it, it it to me it feels like Stroud, McCord, and Miller transfers. That's just my gut my gut feeling. Um, and. And once again, this is why we're doing the show to judge a spring game. I'm not there in practice every day. I could be completely wrong. It just it feels like Miller's the the odd man out here as far as talent um, going. Uh, Stroud, I liked McCord a lot. Uh, I was back and forth of like, okay, okay, um, but there's I I just know how the game goes in the in the the real world, and Stroud feels like he's got a few more of the intangibles. But I, but I don't know this to, to be certain, and I trust Day. Whoever comes out, you know, opening day is going to be ready, and I, I think that the top two will be ready. I think if it's those two, they'll they'll both be ready to play, you know, no question about it. But my just my gut feeling is Stroud. He felt he felt comfortable. He you know he looks the part. Uh, you know they both did really. I mean really, I, I don't remember there hadn't been a quarterback room this. <laughs> like this for a while at Ohio State uh, because Burrow wasn't he, he wasn't quite seen this way when all that was going on with Haskins and everything so alright Jay uh, who, who I know you're going to have to talk about it all week and I know you probably get questions so much you're the locked on Buckeyes guy uh, What what what's the quarterback uh, depth chart it's probably like what Mo said he's probably going to go Stroud 1 McCord 2 and then Miller 3 
I really think that skill wise, I think Miller and Stroud are closer in skill set than people think. I think McCord has the biggest arm. I do think McCord and Harrison Jr., the connection from, from high school in that, Pennsylvania, I think cool. that's going to be what's going to prolong him because once they get on the field together, you ain't stopping those two together, man. You can't, you, you're not going to stop them. So I think that's one thing. Miller, I go back to what I mentioned earlier with, with uh, Miller. Mental error in spring game, that's just like having a mental error in practice, like a regular practice, not open to the media, um, where you're not in the horseshoe, you're at your regular practice facility. You have a mental error like that, and you and it messes up your the rest of your practice. Okay, like that's I get it, I understand you're a youngster, but you got to figure out a way to overcome those things, not down the road in the fall. Do it now, because if you don't do it now, you're ultimately Jeff not going to be having a starting spot. I know you want to start as a quarterback, and that's my biggest thing with Miller. I know he's good. I know Stroud is good. I know McCord is good. Uh, Mo, the other young man you mentioned that's a top high school senior, uh, Quinn Ewers, I know yeah, he's coming in. I know he's going to be good. Um, has a really good – I mean, he slings a, slings a rock. The yeah. thing with Ewers is I heard – I talked to somebody that does some scouting. Um, they said that he doesn't really have to worry about a pocket being pushed into his face. Okay, cool, whatever. You're playing on a good high school football team. You're slinging the rock around. It's helping you be – a top one of the best in the country. So be it, whatever. But yours is right there behind him. I think that Miller, if he does, if there is a quarterback that does transfer, he's out. Um, but if he stays, he stays. It's just more competition for Stroud and McCord. What Ryan Day wants is that, hey, I don't care if you're the start of last year. The clean slate this year, and you got to win your job. But yeah. I think Stroud's QB1, and I do expect, once again, some growing pains from him early on in the season next year. But that's expected. That Oregon game week two is going to be huge because I don't think many people realize how good Oregon is out there. They have a new quarterback just like Ohio State does. So as far as scheming for their new quarterback, like they're going to have to scheme for Ohio State's, you're going to have one tape of game film to watch, (laughs) not 12 games from the previous season. So it's going to be a lot really interesting that chess match week two, Oregon and Ohio State. Oh, absolutely. That, it's going to be huge. I'm, I'm sad we missed it last year. I, I can't wait. Uh, you know, it's a, the Ohio State's won the last two against Oregon. But these these two teams are kind of linked together through, coming up through. Like, they're always the uh, – you know, I remember it was, it was Oregon in the early 2000s. Uh, nobody – they're too fast. Nobody can beat them. Well, Ohio State beats them. And then they do it again, the national championship game. You know, Ohio State beats them. But these two teams are very close as far as – level of talent they bring in expectations they're built the same. Every, they're, that's exactly just it, like a step behind ohio yeah. state because that's what i look at and that's and another thing for quarterbacks yeah yeah that's like another thing for our quarterbacks though is i think there will be some growing pains but unlike a lot of these other quarterbacks they're gonna benefit from there's <laughs> these guys that are just so talented out there they might even be able to hide Yes. Some of your flaws. We run cross routes, so that guys like Garrett Wilson and Olave are gonna have no problem getting open. Uh, Rucker didn't play yesterday, but we know what he is as a tight end and as a target in the red zone. So I do think whoever the starting quarterback is, I don't think there will be too much like, oh my God, you know. I think once you win the starting job, I pretty much think that quarterback's gonna remain the starter because I look at it like this, I don't see there will be 
enough era where you're like, you know what, Jack Miller could get the job done because you're surrounded by so much talent. If you really can't get the job done with all this talent surrounded by you, deserve to be on the bench. Once you win the starting job, if you look like, oh, you can't get the job done, not that we need more, but if you look like you can't get the job done with, you know, two receivers who are going in the first round more than likely next year, obviously future first round wide receiver picks, if you can't get the job done with them in a deep running back room like that, then – that's never true. you need I to mean, get benched anyway. You talk about a what if. I mean, what would Fields do with this offense? I'm just saying, like it, it's. But I know that's college football. It never happens. I'm sure Alabama says the same thing every year. That's what we do is reload. But that's interesting. My, I think my prediction is Jack Miller's playing in the Pac-12 next year. That's that's how I feel, and I think he's a starter in the Pac-12 next year. I, you know, I'm not going to go through and look at the teams and try and decide until after the transfers. That's just what I feel. I, I think he's a good football player. It just it just doesn't feel like it's it's going to happen. I, I I can be totally wrong. And like most of whoever starts is going to be really good. It's not like they're going to put the wrong guy in there and they're going to have every chance to succeed <laughs> with this with this offensive rundown. It's 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 really good. You know, defense. We'll see. The defense is a we will see. Um, it's 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 going to be something. I think that next year by by all-around prediction at the end of next year we have a def- somebody outside of the you know the seven in the box on defense if i think we see somebody like proctor somebody has four sacks you know maybe some tackles for loss and things like that if we see that kind of what i think of the seattle seahawks last year jumps in my mind you know when they trade for uh jamal and he you know has what eight or ten sacks from the free that's what i think that's the future of football, and I think if we see that from Ohio State next year, then once again we're we're in the playoffs fighting for, you know, a national championship. So, so uh, I, I think that's a good one. I think that's a good one. I want to I want to thank both you gentlemen for coming on. Uh, you're both at the top of your game. Uh, I, 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 they put this together on short notice. Had a little fun talking about Ohio State football. Uh, Jay Stevens, tell everybody where they can find you. Guys, first, I want to say, Jeff, thanks for inviting me. Mo, um, you as well. I know you're a frequent uh, guest on face on this show. Um, you guys can always follow me on Twitter at jstevens07, J-A-Y-S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S, the number zero and the number seven. You could also, I do a few shows, so just bear with me. Um, you can uh, catch the Jay Stevens podcast every Monday and Thursday. Um, Locked on Buckeyes coming daily, Monday through Friday. Every Monday, Locked on Big Ten with myself and Big Ten Ben Stevens, the host of the show. Me and him do a fun time recapping the weekend that was in the Big Ten. Then also a new show that I started, Jeff was on it. The Buckeye Beat, a part of Elite Sports Betting. Every Friday, streamed on Periscope at EliteSportsBetting.com. You can check that show out. Um, the Buckeye Beat, Locked on Buckeyes, all the Ohio State stuff. The JCMS podcast is about to get pretty spicy with this Trevor Lawrence talk I'm going to talk about today. And then also with the draft coming up, my guy Ryan Roberts. Haven't reached out to him yet, but I'm hoping he can fit me into his busy schedule <laughs> so he can talk some draft talk some about some draft prospects uh, coming up very, very soon. That was a mouthful, man. I forget how busy I am. No, no, you're great, man, and we. I really do appreciate the time you took out to be on to be on my show. Um, it's everything you're doing is great. I, I'm I'm not just a, a friend. I'm a fan. I love I love your content <laughs> that you're putting out, and uh, you're, 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 you might be the hardest working man in podcast. And I say that a lot, but you might be. Mo up in flames. Tell them where they can get you at. Yeah, everybody, you can follow me at up in flames pod Twitter Instagram um, Mo underscore cheese fifteen for my personal account. Uh, I got a show coming out tomorrow with um 
just one of my friends getting one of my friends on to talk everything LSU. Huge LSU nice. fan. Was excited about the spring game. So, you know, the same way we was able, you know, I'm able to get with him and we're going to be releasing the show just talking about everything LSU and kind of some SEC talk, um, you know. And then, yeah, just up in flames, sports podcasts everywhere. You know, go to offtheballnetwork.com. Check out everybody's great articles, the great work we got going on over there. Um, you know, it's just like everything we do is just a testament to everybody. Like you see one guy today, you know, you had two shows going on on a Sunday morning together. And then you got Jay who has like a show every day of the week. <laughs> so like you're just you're gonna see two shows later or three shows later on tonight. So just shout out to the hard work that everybody at Off the Ball Network puts. Uh, you know it's gonna pay off. You know we're we're gonna make some things happen. We're gonna be big as a network. So I appreciate everybody there and go. You know everybody on Off the Ball Network. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's great, man. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, go check out Up in Flames, uh, Jay. Like I. Both of these guys are some of the highest energy guys out there right now. You uh, you got to drive to work in the morning. You need a cup of coffee. Uh, these guys are essentially a cup of coffee for your brain. Uh, you know, it's high energy. It's fast paced. It's not it's not rhetorical. Uh, you're going to hear something new. You're going to have some good ideas. You get some honest ideas, which is really important. You're not going to get the same old, um, you know, retreads that you get, you know, on your typical, uh, you know, sports stuff. Uh, these guys are both putting out genuine, original, you know, content and really putting their uh, heart and soul into it. And that, that's awesome. And I'm glad they're here to work with me. So that's it, everybody. Uh, that was the, uh, the first Buckeye remix of the 2021 season uh, going into it. I'm excited to do it. I'll probably do something after the draft and we'll talk about where our, you know, our former Buckeyes went. Uh, probably do something after the transfer portal. And the next thing you know, the season is going to be here. We'll be doing preseason. Uh, we'll be talking about what we were wrong about, what we were right about. Uh, I can't wait. It's it's going to be a good one. A lot of expectations going forward. And uh, go Bucks. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>